Hey everybody, Aaron Califato here with a special seven-minute story featuring a guest storyteller by the name of Mark Claus. Legit, this guy's name is Mr. Claus, real last name Claus, and ironically, he is the closest thing to a real-life Santa that you will ever meet. His passion for Christmas and the holiday season is unmatched, uncanny. I thought I loved the holidays. I thought I loved Christmas. I've been ushering in Christmas since mid-November. I may or may not be right now. I think it's December 5th right now. I may or may not be drinking a eggnog. Maybe there's some nutmeg. Maybe some whiskey. Maybe not. But how do I know that my passion for Christmas isn't even close? Well, because Mark Claus created and runs the largest indoor year-round Christmas attraction in the United States of America. That's how I know. He also does it and operates this place called Casa Noel. That's what it's called. It's about two or three miles from where I'm recording right now in my hometown of Medina, Ohio, where I grew up and then I boomeranged back to and I live now with my family. The place is like Mayberry. Okay. I don't know why I left in the first place, but you know, I just like shook the dust of this crummy town and left for New York and traveled around the country and performed and then realized at some point that I, I grew up and lived in the Garden of Eden and left. And so I decided to come back. Best choice I ever made. And for you out-of-towners, folks listening that aren't from Ohio or Northeast Ohio, Medina, Ohio is about 25 minutes south of Cleveland. So it's a great suburb. And that's where Castle Noel is. And that's where Mark runs this like Christmas nexus. When I say Castle Noel is cool... Listen, I'm, this isn't a commercial I'm doing for the guy. He doesn't even know I'm doing this seven-minute segment. But I'm telling you, if you're coming through Ohio or you're coming through Cleveland, make sure and stop by Medina and visit Castle Noel because if you love anything Christmas, the displays, the lights, the movies, he's got all of this stuff. It is literally like the Garden of Eden for Christmas. So a couple years ago, I interviewed Mark Claus, and one of the questions I had for him the whole point of the interview really was to dive into this question about what makes someone take their passion to the next level, like a level that he's operating at. And what is it that happens to a person in their life that triggers that, that sparks that, like something really had to have happened for there to be this sort of a big effect. And so what you're about to hear is his answer to that. And not only is the answer very poetic and very story driven, I urge you to make sure and listen all the way to the end of his answer because there is a really shocking twist at the end. And I think that shocking twist really even gives more meaning and really just a deeper understanding of why we celebrate the holidays and Christmas and why he does what he does in the first place. Without further ado, enjoy this special episode featuring Mark Claus. So during the Depression, my grandfather, the only work he had was taking down these old Victorian houses. They would pull the nails out, keep and resell the wood and the trim. And in these old houses were these incredible wall coverings in these old Victorian houses. Yeah. And my grandfather would pull those old wallpapers off the wall and he would keep a box under the bed at home. And by the time the year was over, there'd be this great big stack of all these varied, great colored, flocked wallpapers mm -hmm. and the only gift that he could give his children at christmas time 
was done on Christmas Eve. The kids would go to bed, and my dad was the oldest son, so he would kind of look out the little cracks in the door that were playing together and keep an eye out. His dad would pull this big box of papers out, and with cardboard and glue and scissors, he would build a village, a Christmas village, that he would cover the entire table with, the whole table. And that was the gift that was given to his family to bring that Christmas spirit. So as simple and as small as that was, that act of creative spirit Mm -hmm. was enough that my father really caught the bug. I like to call my dad the original Clark Griswold because when we built our house in Seven Hills, my dad would put up this huge Christmas tree, you know, like a 16-foot-tall Christmas tree with a 12-foot bottom on it. It was massive. We used to love to go out and pick these Christmas trees up in Peninsula mm. where they had a tree farm. And just yeah. like in Christmas Vacation, by the time a tree gets that big, it's uh, all the way out in the back of the place. Mm-hmm. And while all those people were putting their nice little 8-foot trees on top of their cars, my mm. dad, my brother, and I would drag this 16-foot-tall <laughs> monstrosity into the lot. You like know, the and, kids in the movie. Absolutely. Like... <laughs> and if everybody wasn't looking then, they were looking when the sound of my dad's feet as he walked across the roof of his work van yeah. was crushing the metal on the top of the van. And <laughs> we'd push that tree up there, and it draped over the top and looked really ridiculous. My brother and I would fight over the front seat because it was the best place to sit watch people point and laugh but you, at us. But did, but you love this? Did you oh. love this, or were you like, oh, were you like no. the kids in the movie? Are you were like, oh, Dad. oh, no way, man. This was it. great. We had a house. Our attic, when I was little, I didn't realize what an attic was. You know, when I was real little, I knew mm. there was this closet in our hallway. And in the closet was a, a piece of plywood screwed over a big hole. Mm-hmm. And every year, my dad would take that piece of plywood off. Yeah. He'd climb up the angle because it was over the stairs going back downstairs. So this inside this closet, when you opened it up, there was this angle going off into this dark spot that kind of went right and left but i couldn't see it and because he was just climbing up the ceiling joist he didn't let me you know walk up there It wasn't like a staircase yeah so he would open up this wood in the wall climb up to the top and then these boxes of magic would come sliding down and i would grab them and run them down the hallway you know they would just keep coming and coming and coming and we did this incredible christmas tree and There was scenes my father would make every year. He gathered up all my sister's Barbies and turned them into a giant ice capade show one year. He took uh, our walls, painted them dark blue, cut out big silhouette murals of white paper that ran around the entire room of Christmas scenes Mm. from the nativity shepherds and three kings of the villages and Santa's sleigh flying through the sky. It was absolutely incredible. One year, it was a warm, rainy Christmas Eve. I was like eight years old. And uh, Christmas Eve for Polish people is like the the Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. So my mom had a big plan for the day. Mm-hmm. But she needed to go out and get one last thing at the mall. And when she went up and got what she needed, my dad found a store that was going out of business. Nothing left but metal racks, a couple boxes in the back. So he went into this store, and my mom and I watched him negotiate over the boxes like the old man in the Christmas story, right? Yeah. Rain, rain coming down the windows of our 69 Rebel SST. And, <laughs> and uh, my dad was in there. And He's he, haggling. Yeah, haggling. And he got the he came out with a big grin on his face, and the boxes were too big for the car. So he went home, and he got his work van, and he went back and got the boxes. And when he came back home, even though the whole season was ready to go, you know, Mom was ready to cook the mushroom soup and the pierogies and get all that going for everybody who was coming over at night. And But my dad had a plan, so we all had to leave the house for an hour. And when we came back in, he surprised us. Not only did he have a 12-foot-long Santa Claus sleigh and reindeer, he didn't put it in our living room. He cable-wired it to the ceiling. Yeah, mm-hmm. so Santa flew over our living room every year and 
people came from everywhere to see it. It was like family, friends, relatives, neighbors. Our house was like packed full of people, and it was so much fun. You know, it was really in all that joy at our house yeah. that this place was born. What is it that, uh, that motivated you to take it further than I think most other human beings that I know have done it in a meaningful way? Oh, yeah. Because and and you're providing a service now. To so many people who are who are trying to reconnect to that. Oh yeah, well that's that's really so important part of this. But um, you know, number one, I'm super tenacious. If I get something in my head and everybody tells me I can't do it, there's nothing's going to stop me I'm from right doing it. That's yeah. what I've always been like. But you know, when I was 16 years old on Christmas Eve, my mom was killed in a car accident, taking a wreath to her mom's grave. I had no idea. So it was really, really awful, uh-huh. right? And um, so I really didn't like, I didn't want to celebrate, you know, Christmas went for for a couple of years. After that, the only thing I did, you know, I used to do this thing called Santa Claus Run-By. Because mm-hmm. it was my idea that, you know, I've been Santa Claus since I was a little kid. I mean, when I was in elementary school, I had my own Santa Claus suit I used to have my own grass cutting business and I, you know, I had kids working for me, cutting people's grass. I, I was like a entrepreneur of grass cutting mm. way before it was all out of these landscapers and yeah. stuff that's now. And, and I would use my money to buy hundreds of these candy canes that came in the strips. Remember those that you yeah. slid them? And oh yeah. So I had my own Santa suit. I had my, I, every year I got all these candy canes and on the last day of school, it started in elementary school. I would give every single kid in the school a candy cane. And then hmm. when I ended up in junior high school, I gave every single kid in the two elementary schools, a candy cane and everybody in the, in the junior high school one as well. Hmm. And, uh, so I've been this character my entire life. And one of the things I used to love to do is the Santa run by, which was my theory on kids. They're not stupid. You know, if you, if Santa rolls up to your house on Christmas Eve and he sits down and he has a conversation with you and, you know, he's eating some cookies and milk, every kid knows that can't really be Santa Claus mm-hmm. because, you know, Santa's busy on Christmas Eve. Got a lot right? of I mean, things Santa's got a lot going on. So, so, you know, he likes to let kids see him. So he asked me to help him out. So what I would do was uh, I'd get a list of people and a list of times. This was before cell phones. So yeah. everybody would give me their time. And, you know, I would drive around. I had this really beautiful, I had this really beautiful Santa Claus suit. And at the time, a camel hair beard because I didn't have my own beard. Now, mm-hmm. now I don't have to use any beards. Yeah. I got the whole thing going on. But I would show up. The people would have their kids looking out the back windows. And I would go tearing across the yard and I would wave at them as I ran by with my sack and all my stuff. And man, the kids would just absolutely love it. So after I was 16, even though I wasn't like in the mood to celebrate, I still felt like I wanted to do that because it brought so much to the kids and it was so much fun. And then I realized, you know, my mom and dad, they spent a lifetime making that magic for Christmas, making Mm -hmm. that, making it what it was, making me who I am and, and what I dreamed of and my ideas. And it would be wrong that an, a horrible event would change the work that she lived a life to do. Why should that also be killed? Beautiful. You know? So then I, I really got hooked. I was going to, I was going to tribute my family and my mom and, you know, really make sure that the work she put into making it feel like that for me, yeah. that I could do everything I can to make that work 
and do that same work to make as many people as possible feel that. I hope you enjoyed the episode. A lot of people have been coming up to Aaron and I at parties, sending emails, and calling to tell us how much they love the podcast and ask when the next episode's coming out. A great way to stay connected is to visit the website, 7minutestoriespod.com. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And while you're there, let more people know what you think about Aaron and his storytelling by rating and leaving a review. Lastly, the biggest compliment you can give us is to share your favorite episode with friends on social media. Thanks again for listening.